Hello, I'm Thomas Cam, and this is Making Tracks Podcast, where I explore the life story behind a song with the artist that wrote it. Thank you for joining me on this journey into the meaning of music. Today I'm speaking to Anusha about her track, Someone I Never Wanted. Now Anusha's music combines her background as a classical vocalist and in poetry and finds that hip-hop is a kind of meeting place to amalgamate her myriad influences, which we discuss. And this background in classical training and poetry is something that I also share. We also find the similarity that we write songs to make sense of difficult experiences and and she'll talk about those difficult experiences. And the other thing to note about this conversation is that uh, due to technical issues, we lost the whole first version. So what you're hearing is the uh, second version. But I like to think that we uh, we improved in this this time. So uh, this is Anusha. I think someone I never wanted started off as a single because... I got very ill this time last year. Funny enough, almost to the day that we're recording this. Um, and I was in my bed, so I was bedridden, couldn't get up. I couldn't even brush my teeth. Like, it was really, really bad. It wasn't COVID funny enough. It just something else. That I still don't know what it was. And I was just reflecting over the year before, because obviously we're at the start of the pandemic and everything was just, uh, you know, uncertain, unsure. And then I kind of was reflecting over like all the what ifs, like, you know, I've never dated anybody. I've never had anything. Like I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this pandemic's happened and I've never had like a dating experience (laughs) kind of things like that. And I was just looking over all the things I've never done. Again, I wanted to do music, but I was going to release a single in 2020. Didn't happen because of the pandemic. Was going to, you know, do, I was short version of this i run a collective about to basically let other musicians do performances and stuff couldn't happen because of the pandemic and it was just like all these like things that never happened i was just like oh and then i sat down and i got i basically uh discovered this uh app called hook theory and you can just basically put in chords and it plays a song back to you Mm -hmm. so i was like all right having fun in bed can't move couldn't even get the piano out and I put in like C and something else, C and F, I think. And I literally just made the song and I was like, okay. And it's from a really terrible, can I swear? <laughs> yeah, 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 go for it. Yeah, yeah. It's from a very shitty uni experience um, okay. that I had, which basically, again, so many stories. Um, again, I've never really dated anybody and it was sad because the only uni experience I remember was when this teacher started coming on to me. And I was oh, like, no oh shit like and again it ended fine (laughs) he's a dickhead i've called him out before like and yeah but i was like this is the only like intimate experience i've had at that time in 2020 i was like let me write a song about it and this is Mm. um you know this is kind of just all the the process of that whole thing because it was started in 2016 and i stopped seeing him i finished uni in 2019 and through that whole experience i was just like 
you know, there was lyrics about me dancing and him just kind of perving on me and then me thinking like, oh, this is fun. And then you get older, you're like, oh, like Mm. that was shit. And that's how this story came about. And I'm proud of it because I wrote in a pandemic. I wrote it when I was ill. I wrote from a very shitty experience and I was able to find people to actually, I was able to find people to help me like release it. You know, I had my friend Maz who I love Maz to bits. Um, who basically was the first person I showed it to. And she was like, Anusha, you need to release this. Like, this is, this, you have to release this. Um, mm. Found a producer. And then I found someone to do the artwork. And it was like only us three people and four of you, including Maz. And that mm. is how we, the single came about. And I'm just, again, without the lack of resources and the lack of everything. And I've come to this. Mm. I've come to, I've come to here. I've gotten here, you know? And a year, again, a year to the day. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I, and that that story of it coming from a place of, of difficulty is something mm. that I can relate massively to. I'm sure many people, many musicians can. Um, I guess mm. particularly in my case, I've uh, I've been ill and in isolation for quite a lot of the last uh, four years or so. And I've written music that um, that is about that. And, and for me, actually, as I was going through those experiences by giving meaning and creating art out of those experiences it actually made it easier to go through at the time yeah it's almost like a bit of a solace right like you just kind of feel like it's it's kind of just a, a, a way to escape a way to get out but also just a way to acknowledge for me anyway it just kind of was acknowledgement of the situation like okay this happened mm. you know it gave me a bit more understanding because you know yeah you, you want a song to make sense so you're just looking at it like what but yeah no i completely I completely get that. And being, I think also just being ill and like the way that illness has kind of gotten more complicated or weirder in the past year or so is, mm. um, yeah, I think I'm, I, again, I'm proud of us as musicians hey, for yeah. actually even, for, for even just trying to, for getting to this point because not many people can say that, you know? Mm. It's, it's about, it's, for me, I think it's, it not only helped during, um, but afterwards, because so much of what makes things difficult is not just their effects at the time. Like you said, it, the experience, uh, actually, a lot of what made it bad was your realisation later of how it affected your your mindset. And I think that's actually almost mm-hmm. when art becomes most powerful to uh, take back control of that narrative, to to give it a sense of meaning, to to bring it out from yourself. And, and I know that I, I wrote a song, uh, I had leukemia. Um, mm. And so I, I had this very, very mixed experience where on the one hand, I, I had an experience of surrendering to death and that being mm. a very profound experience taught me a lot. It was a very spiritual experience. It, And so coming out of that, I feel okay. kind of liberated from that, from that fear in some ways. Um, yeah. But I had this feeling of weight that I hadn't even noticed and I wrote this song uh, called Please Don't Take Me Home and it's basically about how I'm not afraid of, I'm not afraid of uh, dying like indirectly like mm. I'm, a, I'm, I'm at peace with mm. and actually quite like the, the fact that I'll disappear and so on but I, I still don't want to die now and um, I, yeah. I, I'd never I'd never realized that until the moment I wrote that started writing that song I'd never realized that that feeling and actually, I think mm-hmm. that, that music has this power to elucidate and untangle the complex web of, of feelings that we have, you know? 
that that's it i completely agree and i think yeah when i was because i had the exact oh it's amazing how Innis gets you i had the exact same thing um because again last year during the pandemic i just stopped breathing and i was just like oh okay and that's how i was ill um, which I don't know how the hell I was writing, singing in bed while I was breathless, but whatever. Mm. But I had the same thing. It was the thing of like, you know, and especially because I'm very close to my family, but it was the one time I was not with them. And I was like, if I, if I go now, I have all these experiences and I have no one to tell them to, if that makes any mm. sense. Like I got, um, you know, because it was a huge... I'm, playing a little bit but the 2019 to 2020 that was really it was harsh you know the the way that i didn't really have anyone in my corner either so it was really just me against the because it was a university thing it was me against the university saying this guy was being sexually harassing and whatever oh my goodness yeah it was horrible it was horrible like and i think you know i was again i was telling myself i was fine but then i think writing this song out i was like I really wasn't, you know? And then again, because I didn't know if I was going to make it through the month, make it through the year, because this it just seemed to be getting worse. It still is getting worse. I've still got it. Um, I was just kind of, again, I wanted someone to hear my story. Like if one person heard the song and was like, oh, she felt really rubbish about this situation. I would have, I that's me at peace. You know what I mean? Like I, and it's not even on that kind of, oh, legacy type thing. None of that. Because I don't really believe in that. But it was more... You know, I just kind of wanted to be understood. And like, one of my huge things as a person is I really don't like being misunderstood. Like, I don't care what you think of me, but just understand my point of view and where I'm coming from. And I think that there was a sense of urgency in writing this song of like, I need to get this song out, this story out. Um, because no one really knows about it. You know, no one really knows about what one end and all my life. I have so many life stories. Like, you know, I have so many weird things that have happened to me. And I was just like, all just happened around me. And I would love to like, that's why I love music. So I like being able to write it down, untangling it, like me dealing with, you know, again, the idea of I could die at any point right now. Because mm -hmm. um, it turns out that it was basically, I had like a mini stroke uh, last year. Um, and it was, but because it wasn't so, and this is like the repercussions of it. And this is going to say it's all the other bits of my body. And yeah, you know, to be able to even just talk about that in music as well and things like that. It's, I I liked to document, it's almost music has become my diary and I like to document mm. everything that's going on. And I, yeah, this is, it felt urgent. Like I felt like I had to get this song out now. I have to tell people what was going on. That is yeah. really, I think that's A, really powerful and B, quite apparent in, in I think, listening to it, that there there is that energy and that urgency. Um and uh, diet diary wise, in order to uh, record experiences and periods of time, I actually create a playlist, and I find that I have a kind of oral with an AU uh, memory, and so I hear a certain song in a context, and it reminds me of a place. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, so it's almost there's a reversal there as a songwriter mm. to to leave an impression of a sound and lyric impression of a place that you're in. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like, yeah, and I think I've definitely, I've definitely had uh, trouble with keeping like a, a written diary. Like, I'm not my. <laughs> I've tried so many times; it just doesn't work. For, it's not for me. Mm. I'm more of a lyric writer, mm. more of a, you know, all right, I'm peed off. 
yeah. writing things on my phone. You know, that's my that's kind of my cup of tea. But like, yeah, like you said, I think definitely with music, I'm realizing that it's actually just like a place and time. Like, yeah, you're literally documenting an experience mm. and like a feeling. And it's amazing how music can do that. Like some of my favorite songs, when I hear the background of those, I'm like, you could really hear that. You could really hear like what people were going through. So yeah, no, I'm so proud of, I'm honestly so proud of this song. Like if I were to make nothing else, I'm glad this song is out, you know, or going to be out soon. Cause mm. yeah, not again, it came out. I did it against all odds. <laughs> The way my body moved to a lyric Did you put me in a trance So you could see something explicit Did you like my fingers Stroking your ego Did you like my innocence At your mercy Reducing my life to nothing Thank you. 
my favorite moment in the song is uh, that first hit of the self harmonies when they come in. Mm. Uh, I just think it's got such it's such an impact, and it's kind of yeah, it's almost like have you do you know the vocoder? Have you come across the vocoder? Oh, many a times, many a many time. a time. <laughs> Good. Well, it's got that vibe where the kind of uh, if people haven't heard of a vocoder, it's it's kind of it's a it's a keyboard Mm. um but you you sing through into it um but then you play the notes on the keys and it kind of splits the voice into those sounds that's how i would vaguely describe it you maybe can describe it better i mean it's giving if the way best way i describe it is just think of stevie wonder okay and i think especially when fred was making this track um that was kind of the vibe we were going for we had like 15 god knows how many split vocals um and then it became a challenge though because it went from okay how do we want this because the song is so raw we didn't want it to be kind of like too structured and like too augmented you didn't want it to be like too robotic too whatever overproduced exactly that's the word i'm looking for whereas at the same time that the production of the song makes it eerie like that was kind of what i was going for like this is a song and it's quite raw and intimate, but there's something off about it. Kind of describing like the whole situation was, you know, it was what I was talking about before is that the whole situation was off. You know, it without, if you took a stripped away the production of it, you would get a song that was, yeah, raw, authentic, but the message wouldn't be as meaningful, I don't think. Whereas like, I think when we, when you add some some of like you said the vocal layering like that kind of vocoder sort of um you know instrumentation to it and you know the elves in the background like the <laughs> you know yeah the, you uh, mentioned before that you'd put you put elf voices yeah what, what was elf, it like a kind of yeah the elf harmony yeah elf, elf, elf harmonies yeah. Elf, elf, elf harmonies <laughs> in the background all of that without any of that you know it wouldn't um it would it was just, it would just kind of be a your bog standard song about a relationship breakdown that you know it had had its ups and downs which is a bit weird you know whereas when you add ninety percent of music which mm. is about oh god so much music is about that kind of i love you but i can't be with you i don't want to be with you anymore exactly you know? like maybe i was thinking too much of the relationship where this. And it's not to say my song's any different. It's just to say that, like, my so- like the way that the production just twists it a little bit. It's almost like mm. twisting a knife a little bit. Like, yeah, this is weird, but here's another layer to it. And, like, this, there's something off about it. And you may, you may catch it, you may not. And I think that's what Fred, really, the balance of the production, he did really mm. well. Like, the kind of, okay, this is odd, but let's run with it, you know? Um, and yeah, that's why I think someone um, someone I never wanted, God, I forgot the name of my own song, <laughs> kind of works because it's not just a relationship breakdown. It's essentially something was off, you know, something was weird, you know? It definitely, it definitely does bring an, I think, eerie quality. That's mm. a really, because also ethereal is one of the words that yeah. came to mind. Yeah. And there's some there's some kind of connection there. I definitely agree. I 100% agree. And like, yeah, that was kind of the vibe I was going for. Like, because I think, like, at my style as an artist is very ethereal, very much just like majestic. And, you know, I'll walk, I'll go to town in my leather gloves. Why not? You know, that's kind of just who I am as a, 
as a being. Do you think that's a reflection of your your personality as well? A hundred percent. A hundred. I think even just the way that I am as a person. Yeah, just it. It's coming across in the song. Definitely. And like when I was um, talking to Fred um, and like I was saying, he very much got my, he got my vibe as a person rather than just be a producer that just, okay, what do you want? Kind of paint by numbers or I I found these sounds, these sound cool. He kind of got to know me as a person. He got to know me as a, um, like as not as even as Anusha as a as a producer as a producer or as a musician, he got to know Anusha, the person, and I think he did a very good job of still showcasing my like vocal chops, so to speak. But at the same time, okay, this is what Anusha's like, you know. I think this is probably one of the first songs I've written where I'm like, ah, this is an Anusha song, you know. And I think that's very rare, even you know, to even get a song where I could be like, ah, that's Anusha, you know. Mm. He's very yeah, and that's all down. To, that's down to Fred and his music masters mastery. <laughs> mastery is that no whatever mastery, <laughs> mastery. mastery. There you go. Thank yeah, you. that's absolutely. <laughs> I think also to have a vision in one's head. Uh, we talked earlier about the how you write and how I write. So there's two ways of writing: lyrics into music, mm. and um, and then music into lyrics. And the way that. I tend to, if I'm incepting from the music and the song, mm. I will have a sound in my head or a kind of a full song and I'll just be able to hear it. And there are phases, there are times in my life of feverish activity when I just hear orchestral arrangements in my head all the time. Love it. And it, there's this kind of almost, there's, there's this frustration of trying to kind of birth it into the world. And and that is something that to work with the producer to do that and, and tease those things out and then make them give them a physical this kind uh, of form a prosody yeah there's there's certain sort of prosody and prosody in the song that um I think that is unmatched like that again the the chords are very simple it's very just in the background like the instrument it's more of a soundscape rather than just like a a song and I think that's very yeah that was very important when writing this because I didn't want it to be kind of like just your I don't even say your average song but just a song that just was very much okay here's a song here's that I wanted to really kind of think about the whole Mm. yeah and in your case this did come from lyrics into music the kind of other method of writing exactly well like yeah it came from a poem because I used to write poetry which I don't really do anymore which is quite sad actually I wish I, I might start getting back into that but yeah no this came from poetry this came from uh I find that I write one or the other I, I'm either writing lyrics or I'm writing poetry do you know what see that's funny I do, it's always been the same for me like I could look at a poem I wrote ages ago and flip it into a song quite quick like I I see them as quite the same but I think it's because yeah, the my musical journey, I started off with poetry and then, you know, at the same time doing uh, singing and stuff and it kind of just intertwined. Like there wasn't a moment where I was like, okay, this is a poem and this is a song. It just kind of, I could turn a song into a poem. I could turn a poem into a song. I've read poems as songs. I've read songs as poems, you know, I've done both. And I think, especially with this song, especially with this song, I feel like there was a... Uh, I don't know. There was kind of like a, um, a, a spoken word aspect to it that I really wanted to get across. I didn't want it to be just yeah. something to sing and just too metaphorical. I wanted it to be like some to tell a story and to kind of go for a journey. 
Um, and yeah, that's how I've always written is kind of distinguishing between the two. Yeah, I, I, I think that there's something definitely uh, at the heart of your music and, and my music is very yeah. interesting, the parallels that we found in terms of bringing together pairs of opposites. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, I've been experimenting a lot with um, spoken words and I actually have been starting to start my songs, introducing them by just reading a section from from the thing and and i have for example one of the songs that i try and start the set with is called between the lines mm. and the first line is um count the stars and don't forget the light that hasn't got here yet mm. and i just speak that and then the kind of the as it unfolds i just speak the lines and yeah. then i gradually start to bring in to, you know the the piano bits that accompany those lyrics and i find that that's something that really engages people's attention because it's it's unusual it's surprising and and there's nothing like something to cut through a pub noise or a busking you know to cut through that noise of a single mm. solo voice and particularly whether that's a cappella singing mm. also i find very effective but yeah that cuts through for me that really speaks to me mm. no i hear you and i think Again, it, it's something a bit different in the sense that you're kind of, it's almost like an introduction, like this is like a peep into my soul before, you know, you just start singing about what you want to sing about. <laughs> we talked earlier about fusing opposites mm. in a musical sense, mm. and you've got classical in there, mm. and you've got your poetry. What other opposites, what other kind of strange things are you bringing together into the alchemy of your into the alchemy of your music i mean definitely hip-hop um a hundred percent i think again i have a mother who is a hip-hop head um and she likes the you know like she's not even a hip-hop head in the sense of she likes 90s hip-hop she sometimes will go back to yes the 80s classical she's a purist <laughs> in the truest grandmaster flash oh god <laughs> she's the absolute purist when it comes to music she doesn't like this new shit now nah she likes that stuff back in the day um but i honestly will say that the craft of hip-hop and the way that some things are structured and i think what i love about hip-hop is its simplicity and i think a lot of my songs because i was saying to you earlier is that like sometimes having too many things at once you know especially with classical music with class and i the way that i study classical music i did theory first and then the thing came after and that whenever i make music that is what i'm always battling with is that there's so much theory in my head i'm thinking of the bass i'm thinking of you know improvisation notes or like kind of all these other things that just don't really matter at the time when I'm writing but I think what always grounds me is sometimes is kind of hip-hop and the sampling and some of the beauty that can come from that you know some of the yeah, mm. some of my favorite songs have just come from a very simple loop you know um and a very simple concept even and I think another thing I'm actually loving is that like a lot of hip-hop songs have concepts and, like, overarching ideas. Mm. With someone I never wanted, I wanted to have an overarching theme. The eeriness, the kind of, the sampling, the um, the song, the bits that go backwards, the bits that come, for, like, come forth to you and all that sort of stuff. I wanted it to have that overarching thing rather than it just being a song. Mm. And that is kind of something that I always strive to do, which is why sometimes things take so long. <laughs> when i'm trying to write mm. things but it yeah. seems in that sense then it seems like hip-hop is 
the perfect place placeholder template to hold that amalgam of influences and styles, right? It, to, it, to kind of yeah. mash these things together, yeah. Yeah, it is. To mash, to mash, to elegantly mash them together. Yeah, it's hundred percent. It's kind of it's that glue. <laughs> um, it's that glue to, and it's amazing because hip hop has inspired so many. Um, you know, one of my favorite. And it's interesting that it's become so mainstream. It's such a specific. Mm. thing from a very specific time and place and it's huge now every, even pop music so influenced by hip hop it's so and again it, you hear it in everything now like even when you hear like your country songs your punk songs there's some sort of hip hop yeah. influence in it and I find that absolutely amazing mm. it's play yeah. it's play you know we play music and we play when we play we play with music and we recapture that that childish uh instinct to to simply allow like there's no there's no purpose to playing when you i mean when you're playing tag right you're you're you are trying to get there's like a game that you're kind of filling and there's rules and so on but there's no ultimate purpose to it and i think perhaps with music it's easy particularly us as high concept uh thinkers and people to think that music needs to have a purpose and and it it can do but you know yeah that it can allow us to have a playful space in which to to just uh, to just create and and yeah and I love when you say the, the there's a quite a few of my friends who are abolitionists and they talk about the idea of play and like how that we actually should prioritize that in our day-to-day lives but also in music like not having music to be this thing and just sometimes sometimes just play sometimes let's just play around have fun you know get this thing done and that's something that is so awesome and so cool uh is that yes yeah, i'm probably quite opposed to your training right you 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 came from an environment of grades yeah. so grades are literally you're treating music like an exam i did the same yeah you know i went all the way through the grade system and Me too, so yeah. th- this this finding this playfulness must have been a bit of a journey to come out of that yeah it was and i think that was why i always try to prioritize that whenever i make music is like when i feel myself getting too bogged down in theory i just think okay do something fucking weird and like that's kind of where the weirdness comes (laughs) like do something fucking strange and it will all kind of manifest like with this song perfect example oh my gosh you know it was obviously the song was very had a serious matter and it was very much i wanted to say something but then i was just getting too bogged down in like the little things like i want this harmony to be here i want it to be the fifth and the seventh and the eighth and the third and all this kind of stuff mm. i was like and that's how we came up with the elves we're like okay rest time yeah. we're gonna add a harmony of elves in the background i want to do the structure yeah yeah the structures have that the structures have a a purpose mm. but the structure is only there to to capture and form the essence and the essence is Mm. the music and the experience i mean there's, yeah. there is a beauty to beautiful structures but you think about picasso is the example that came to mind you know mm. his very early stuff he's clearly very technically able but but he's i can imagine him sitting there and going right now i'm gonna make it weird and yeah. you know but it but it gives you something to uh to, you need to have that that thing to strip back from and mm. um we we used the analogy earlier of a strainer or a sieve this kind mm. of wiry mesh mm. but yeah the, that that structure i think so with, with classical you have a very very fine mesh because all these strands of ideas and these strands mm. of absolute kind of things cr- crisscross so that you can sometimes ideally 
it will create a very pure, refined thing that's been refined over centuries to make the most beautiful, making sense thing. But it can be, uh, it can just prevent the flow of creativity completely. And sometimes you, you, if you lose touch with the essence of it pouring through, then that can be a problem. Exactly. And I think that's where you, that is where you separate like certain musicians from others is that it's when you sometimes, when people get so rigid in down into not even numbers, but with so much of, okay, it has to be like this, you know? And I think I spent so many, my younger than 18, maybe even younger than 21, everything has to be like this. No, you can't. Even if you, uh, when I did something weird in like my production for music, like I would do very weird things in my productions and my production teacher, as much as I loved them at the time, he would be like, well, why? You have to justify it. Cause obviously, like you said, modules, you have to do, fit a structure. And I think the thing I didn't like about university is that they would try and just, here is a style of music that I think sounds great for you, do that. It was just, I think what was I found hard is I found it hard to find grounding as in like, I didn't know how much of my, like I didn't realize they could all coexist. I was like, wait, so do I just show off my vocal drop, like my classical drops? Like, yes, I can hit high C's. Do I just do that? Or do I just bundle that and just start singing R&B? And I think... Oh, if we're getting into that, the race gets into that because being one of the only black girls in the course, it was very much like, well, you sing R&B. Well, you sing soul. I was like, no. (laughs) 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 Like, and I think that is something, oh, that was something that was really hard. But yeah, trying to find where they all could, not realizing that they could all come and exist within each other and they could all make an appearance. Like I might do more vocal harmonies in my next song i might like i know one of my next singles i've stripped it all back and i'm basically talking you know but it's more about the production with that song and it's just like you know it's actually just finding where your balances are whereas i think with music uni i found it hard to really find a place and how how am i going to fuse this together how am i going to do this um and yeah that was i think as much as i I don't regret going to music uni because it got me here and it made me think outside. Like, because I was put in a box so much, I was like, I'm going to be a circle. Stuff you lot. I'm going to be a triangle. You all suck. And that <laughs> it made me think outside the box in that sense. And that's what I was doing with the song I wrote called Suffer For You, which I basically take this very kind of, instead of it being a fuckboy um, point of view, I did kind of did a fuck girl kind of point of view. Gosh. And it was interesting because he was very much as i said i was playing around i was having fun and he was like but why i was like can it just can i just be you know and it was yeah. it was very weird but i guess that's but then i think sometimes well you don't have to justify it where you can just do the thing mm. you know sometimes people you do like it. us yeah people like us i think uh, and we've you know we're both very cerebral interested in meaning and purpose and asking why and that i'm sure that you know yeah people who there are many people like that and perhaps you can relate to this relentless desire to, to learn and that's that's beautiful and explain and understand and we live in a society that is all about learning explaining elucidation but there's a value to just saying because you know why just because because the the purpose is not the point the purpose is not the point the play is the point mm. play is pointless but that isn't a bad thing yeah exactly it's ex- and that's that sometimes it's a beautiful thing you know there are so many weird things in the song that i can't explain there's no reason there's elves in the song like it's just just because there are you know there's actually as much as i said there's emotion with the harmonies it came as as us fucking around you know we're like oh yeah after the base of the song 
All right, see what else we can do with it. Like, all right, can he... And he, again, I hate harmonies. Can't stand them. But he was like, all right, I'm going to give you 15 harmonies. Go, do it. I was like, and we were there till God knows what time. You know, like maybe 10 p.m. Just like messing around with harmonies. You know, messing around with um what we could do. Because sometimes just because, you know, you might not use it, you might do. That's just it, mm. you know? I mean, life is... We, we on, a, on a much larger macro scale we have begun to see life in terms of a series of points and purposes mm. and lines and objectives with this kind of strange this strange illusion or sense that these are all abstractions from a single point. Life is teleological to some mm. kind of success and particularly I'm thinking of school, right? Everything mm. is graded, gradated, there are stages and then you get into life and you reach a certain level and it's almost—it's like a video game. There's there's a point to get to. But unlike a video game, which is a curated narrative, there is no point. Mm. Ultimately, there's no point. And, and I don't I don't understand. I, I mean, I don't really understand why it is that we feel so compulsively a need mm. to to reduce our experiences into points. objectives. Yeah. And in well, I guess it's because, in a way, the the points like the way that we've been conditioned is that those points unfortunately have value in a capitalistic society whereas like so for example when people say things like oh i've got a new job you know and it's like very simple point he's not saying that you can't be happy that you've got a new job but because that gives you some sort of not even uh economic capital because duh you've got money but also um Social capital. Status. Yeah, status. Social so, capital. Interesting. And Good it's work. like, social and capital. it's the same with, it gives you cultural capital. You're part of a culture. And social media is, yeah. social media is the epitome of this because literally you are reducing social capital into likes, into values, numbers. Mm. And, and, it, and it's, it's, it's a reductionist thing of, see, this almost gratuitous thing of how much can we reduce number in life into data, into screens and numbers. And, and the more you do that, the more filters and meshes you introduce, the more wire strings filter life, you, the, the more you strain out the essential water that's coming through, the, the goodness. Then right? That's it. And I think the way, the way I've used social media as well is to sometimes say fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you're, like, like, you're literally, yeah. you're reducing it into points that word again yeah. but in a different sense we talked about trying to you create artificial points That's of it. of objectives you create artificial a points system yeah and and i think we're obsessed with all these little points and then you have data points you have uh, you know these th- these different ways of turning life into dots yeah. ones and zeros dots but but i think for me, why do we why do we look to create these artificial points i think it's because the nature of modern life is feels pointless and not in the way that play feels pointless mm. in the way that meaninglessness mm. feels pointless i feel like the point system which seems to pervade the way we think and structure society and education mm. is a replacement for a meaning meaningful living and and i think with the the giant melange of of modern life has created a kind of general malaise of meaninglessness that we are trying to replace with a points gradation system and that mm. it, it loses life loses things it becomes too strained too filtered and and we lose the essence of it 
I do, but I think that goes back to my point that sometimes you've got to take life by the balls and say, fuck it. I mean, I've always come onto the theory that, well, you know what, do what the fuck you want to do then. Like, find your purpose. You know, I think for me, you know, I've always loved helping people. I've always loved, like, um, you know, I started this thing called The Passion Project, which is it's, it's what it says in the tin. Um, but I would essentially just say, okay, so I've always felt nervous performing. So I'm just going to have a place, safe space where we all perform and just do our thing. But like, that was my purpose. I wanted to do that. Like, that was my thing. Is that the collective? Yeah, it's collective co- and yeah. helping people. I wanted to do that. And I think that was my purpose. And I think it's hard because, like you said, life gets you down. You have to work. You have to do things because capitalism does that. But I think the way that I get out of it is, all right, well, do what the fuck you want to do. Do what you want to do. Do what, like, I've always just been like, fuck a system you know <laughs> like mm. do what you want to do mm. and like also just find your purpose why do you want to do the things you want to do like why do you want to create this podcast and it's just yeah. do it just do it and like well there's this yeah. value yeah there is this value this whole um this whole attitude of yeah no like let's break let's break stuff that's what rock and roll that's what rock and roll is right that's let's smash the guitars mm. let's create the conflict you know as i was saying i'm very much let's fuse things let's bring this peace and everything in its place but sometimes you need to smash stuff yeah. you need to smash stuff and 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 the, and this this music is so interesting because you come from a, a classical is all about harmony, beauty, pu- making things, making an otherwise chaotic world make sense. Whereas things like punk and things like, you know, some of the more distorted stuff is actually let's reflect the essentially disharmonious uh, nature of life and let's reflect it and rail against the system which which seeks to constrain and take away that viv- vivacity. Mm. Exactly, exactly. And I think, do you know what's interesting is that like you can find like kind of rebellion in anything, in absolutely anything. You know, there's, um, you know, my favorite favorite artist is Nina Simone and she did exactly that. She did it. She did it. The last podcast we talked about how much we both love Nina Simone. There you go. And it's literally like, she could be be your person of the month, I guess. (laughs) But she could literally... (laughs) You know, she made your classical blues song. She did, you know, I Love You, Porgy. Um, You know, she did all that kind of stuff. But then you get, you know, What It Means To Be Free. Then you get Young, Gifted and Black, where she is... The first jazz song I ever learned was was, I Wish I Knew How It Feel To Be Free. There you go. Because it's literally, she is literally writing in a very classical style. You know, she always wanted to be a classical pianist. But at the same time... She said, well, fuck a system, you know? And I think it was when it comes back to writing about music I write, it's very much like, all right, I guess I'm rebelling against my, my upbringing a little bit. Is it like, I don't dislike classical music, but I think I'm, I like to subvert it a lot and see what I can do with it, what I can, um, how I can kind of move it forward. But I think also mm. um, I'm rebelling against everything that I've been told I can or can't do. Like, if you said, you can't do this in the song, watch me, you know, watch <laughs> me do it. And it's, that is, yeah, that is how I, and I think music becomes more fun that way when you don't live with kind of restraints and kind of um, barriers, you know, it becomes more fun uh, with what we what There's we that do. Idols, the, the Idols, latest Idols album, I think this is right, it's called Joy is an Active 
Rebellion or Rebellion or Resistance. Yeah. I think it's Joy as an actor of Resistance, which I just absolutely love that because Idolize is, you know, it's it's well, a punk or it's 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 very, very shouty and angry. Mm. And, but not kind of angry, but it's the epitome of what you're saying, railing against the system. And I think I have a tendency, like yourself, right, with social media, right? Mm. As a oh, I like the the system quote unquote unquote. I, my attitude is stay out of it mm. you know like, i'm just gonna leave like i i'm doing my own thing i'm happy to be a hermit i'm happy to have my own like mm. very small community and create beauty and create art that's fine but i think if you want to be part of the system uh, i don't know part of the system you want to be part of society yeah which isn't about you know which is can be good is very much can be a good thing i don't know what the place for resistance and rebellion is music is it's not something that I personally have ever written about, but mm. I know that it's that it's something that anthems have always been important to to gather people around mm. to create positive change. Mm. Uh, you yeah. don't necessarily have to be on the front lines in acting change. You don't have if that's not your strength, you don't have to do that. Abolition comes in so many different ways. Where like if you're teaching people music, like if you said, okay, I'm going to give thirty minutes of a free lesson online take it or leave it you're essentially you're providing resources to people who don't have it you're already doing more than the state is doing that's an acting change or if you're gonna say you know what i'm just gonna provide a free concert everyone come and chill you know i just want everyone to get kind of some like during a pandemic and everything's really sad i just want to give a bit of recluse and that's what you want to do that's an acting change you know it, it doesn't necessarily have to come in a way of you having to literally be near Simone I'm gonna beat you with a bat you know which love her for that but now I'm imagining Nina Simone with a bat oh no, beating she, she, some honking some people she's already tried to shoot someone um she tried to shoot her producer when she he didn't pay her so you know like um <laughs> I did not know that yeah he, she tried to shoot some because um basically this guy didn't pay her enough or something and he, she was like all right fuck you <laughs> she tried to shoot him missed and then she left the country so you know like you know love my girl but like you know you don't have to do that i mean it'd be fun but you know like at the end of the day i think change comes from the fact that okay so what are you doing with yourself like how are you kind of working against the state and i think that is it's you know i think it gets very but it becomes down to your own personal beliefs i think a lot of the time as well like what do you see as change and all this kind of stuff and that's why it gets very meta um mega and big but for me personally you know doing the passion project thing and just having like a a list of opportunities that people could just have apply to and mm. giving people space to just make mistakes and not have any like any requirements you don't have to come with a backing track i can help you find one you don't have to come with whatever you could literally sit there and sing a song a cappella sing out a shoe that's fine i ain't gonna judge you that is what i was doing before the pandemic and i think that in itself is an action change. Do you know what I mean? That in itself, or even absolutely, and even like with you being so honest about your journey, like I think what is it? It it is as well. It's not you're not sugarcoating it. You're not like yeah, but if you just work hard and you just do things, you're not kind of trying to give these people a false illusion of yeah. It's just you just work really hard and just try your best and whatever. You're saying yeah. Some d- t- days were fucking tough. I was thinking, you know, I was at peace with dying and things like that. That in itself is an act of change because not as much as it may be normal for us to, not many people even have even heard of the like would even think of it like that. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. even you just opening your story is that like, and it's it's not even saying that oh my god it's going to change the world, but 
people are understanding where you're coming from and you've given that new perspective and you've given that new kind of you do it with a podcast you're giving platforms to musicians who wouldn't normally get platforms that in itself is an action change so i think it's actually thinking on a smaller scale thinking on like don't think like oh okay i'm gonna be the next malcolm x so i'm gonna be the next and simone just think what are you doing in your own community and i think sometimes community work is better than you know overall world work sometimes you can just work with up within your community work within you know work within the people that you know and help people who are immediate to you mm. so yeah that's literally it really yeah. well so i mean thank thank yeah. you for, for 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 talking about ways that we can make change because yeah. that is something that on the flip side of play there is a value to play and to, and mm. to helping people to break out of the, the systems but that there is a more, I guess, meaningful or serious way to, to, to create change. And, and I hope that with this, but I think specifically, like you were saying, with sharing my story, I hope to bring some peace, some clarity through my own experiences. We talked earlier about if I can, if my songs become a reflection to my inner condition, that their outer reflection mm. is to reflect the inner condition of others. And, and you know, I, I think mm. that death is so fundamental. Death is the point. Right, it's the point that mm. all things absorb to. It's the singularity, which all is the single point that all things are attracted to. Right, and in a sense, we we, we create all these artificial death points and mm. deadlines and and completion points as a kind of sublimation of that. In a sense, to, to offset the absolute point, which is to die. Yeah, and and I think actually, if talking about why is it that we are so obsessed with these artificial points even we know, though we know they're not real why are we trying to grade and level up and get to here and here and here it's because we're afraid of the actual point and i think maybe part of the reason that for myself i i find it incomprehensible is because i think with feeling less afraid of that point mm. i'm able to find the point in the po- pointlessness yeah. point i'm find meaning in the meaninglessness and and i and i hope that you know that this the sharing this stuff and if i can help people come to more than just come to terms with celebrate and and accept um death in their life mm. that, that that can help to bring some kind of inner inner quiet and then a peace to, to 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 the lives of people and and that that can emanate outwards into positive social change i'm you know i'm not a i'm a, a large-scale iconoclast who's going to go and yeah. Uh, you know, start a revolution, but but I can in, in these quiet ways try and bring an inner evolution. That, that's what I hope. That's it, and that's it, and that's all you can do. That's all we can hope for. That's all we can hope for. This podcast is funded by Arts Council England and Youth Music as part of Making Tracks, a partnership project between Trinity Bristol, Basement Studios, and Aspiration Creation Elevation. Thank you to everyone who's made this possible, and thank you for listening.